You're listening to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry, and I'm going to keep harking on signing up for my Patreon to help support this podcast until you do. This week, I'm chatting with Victoria Mateo, a certified money coach who caters specifically to creative professionals such as yourself. With a background in film and finance, Victoria shares the story of how she finally merged these two worlds and loves of hers to start her own practice this last year. In our chat, she shares some of the misconceptions artists have about their finances and the four steps you can take to set yourself up for a better financial future. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, hello, Victoria. How are you doing today? I am well. Good. Excellent. Uh, You told me you were painting earlier. You were painting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been, um, my partner and I, we've been renovating our new house. That well, we were fortunate enough to acquire in this market. <laughs> well, thank you for changing out of your painting clothes and joining me <laughs> on this chat. I'm excited to talk. Like I said, I was just saying a few minutes ago, I don't think I've had a chat focused specifically on, you know, managing your money and finances and like being aware of like, you know, your future, your future I don't know what to call it, treasure chest. <laughs> so, so tell me, you know, t- like in, in a one or two sentences, like, tell me, tell me about what you do. Well, I, since last year, I started this uh, personal project in money coaching for creators, mm-hmm. um, which is basically, um, there's a path to go through in order for you to understand your relationship with your finances right that no one really teaches us while we're growing up yeah um and then you're an adult and you are supposed to take care of all these responsibilities that okay i don't really know how to deal with them and even if you do they probably have some background information there that's keeping you from like actually doing it the best way for you um so my work in money coaching is helping you navigate that okay and understand the underlying patterns that keep you from actually managing in a better manner your finances so you can then make better decisions in terms of how you use your money and literally finding your idea, finding out what's your idea of prosperity, which is different for everyone. And then you can strategize around it, right? What to do with that, Um, which is different to just go into a financial advisor that will just tell you, okay, you go there and you say, here's my money. What do I do with it? And then, okay, these are the options you have. They're like, here, buy all these mutual funds so you can, uh, so I can get commission off of you. Yeah. (laughs) That's what my, that's what my financial advisor at TD Bank did. And I was like, well, this isn't helpful at all. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, like, and I remember first time I went to the bank and like got my mutual funds account and everything. I didn't, I did some research, but I didn't really know what that meant. Um, cause I never had to deal with it before. Um, and 
my parents didn't have to deal with that because my parents grew up in a different country and they had no idea. And like, and even my parents didn't teach me a lot of what I know about money. I learned that in school yeah. and university when I graduated as an economist. So anyhow, my path as money coach is to help people understand what's behind so they can make more objective decisions around money okay because behind money there are so many emotions and underlying patterns that actually are sitting there making us <laughs> uh, go through paths that we don't necessarily understand and then make decisions that we sometimes regret sometimes we're very happy with yeah. and sometimes we just don't know so you've mentioned you've mentioned paths a couple of times and I want to talk about that. But first, maybe let's uh, roll it back a bit, because I'm interested in how you got specifically into, uh, you know, money for creatives. And, you know, you have a film background, you have an economics background, accounting, all this fun stuff. And that seems there's not a lot of people who like have that specific crossover. So where did how, where did things start for you that you were like, OK, I like animation and film but I like also money, managing money. So like, tell me, tell me where it started. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was uh, an exciting but rocky journey for me to understand that I could do both things. Right? Hmm. And then I found this, this idea at, where I could actually like mix my two sides of my brain that I was actually using. I was always very creative. So you went to school for economics, right? So I graduated initially, uh, initially not. Like I graduated as an economist uh, back in my country where I was born in Venezuela. And because I was very creative and I was pretty much an artist, I wanted to also pursue a career that was more creative. Mm -hmm. I went... I moved abroad to Argentina to study special effects and um, because I wanted to do like special effects makeup and explosions and all of these things that I grew up with that were so impressive and I wanted to do magic in film. Um, and I did a little bit of that, but when I was there, I realized that I also had other skills in. And then I went through production and art direction and logistics and in every role I had I was called back because I was good at managing the, the budget mm. which was something that not all of the creatives in those roles were able to do and I realized then okay so I still have that skill set because I literally went to university for it but also because um, I wanted I cared about it and um, I hustled and hustled a lot, like a lot of people in the film industry. <laughs> and I decided to just pursue a more administrative path in film. And that brought me here to Toronto, where I'm based now, in 2017. And since then, I've been in finance for specifically visual effects and animation. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, so like I have a business background too, and I was working in business and doing art as a hobby. And now I'm doing art as a business and uh, business as a 
incorporated, I guess. <laughs> so, but okay. So if you're, do you ever feel like you want to get back into working in special effects and makeup and stuff? Do you ever feel like a little bit of like FOMO, like feel miss, missing out because you're just working in finances when you also did that stuff and got started in that too? I'm just curious. Um, It's actually a great question because I find a lot of creatives go through that conflict. It's like, you know, I don't want to stop being creative and I yeah. just because I have to pay the bills. And there's some misconception that you have to just stop doing what you love in order to make a living. And first of all, that sucks because that's not real. And it's just an unfounded social concept, um, very much based on the starving artist myth, which is yeah. a myth, by the way. But apart from that, <laughs> um I always I'm doing something creative hmm. and like I like even painting the new house to me it's just like so fulfilling because I am being creative by painting the walls and I can say you know I created this um and I am very curious I'm a very curious human being so I will always be doing something different and I still um incorporate my creativity in what I do but the focus of what I do right now it's so fulfilling to me. I found something that's pretty much a calling I'm passionate about. It fills me up with energy, which a lot of artists feel when they're creating something, right? Oh. And I, that's how I knew, okay, this is how I put together those two things. And it also makes me feel that I'm creating something even bigger. So I found a purpose in what I'm doing. And that's what keeps me creating and producing something all the time that makes me feel that I can make a living from from it right yeah. and that's what I suggest to every creative person you have to be certain what's your purpose have you heard of the Japanese concept I'm going to mispronounce this it's called like a kig do you know what I'm going to say a kigai a cat a cat oh gosh I'm gonna have to look this up um <laughs> ikigai ikigai <laughs> it's like a it's like a venn diagram with like four quadrants where it's like one is what you love one is what you're good at one is what you're paid for and one is what the world needs and like if you find what you're good at and when you can get paid for that's called a profession and like if you find what you're good at and what you love that's called a passion and what you find if you love and what the world needs it's called a mission and a vocation is a needs and wants but if you find everything all at the once that's like you know, your internal purpose. And it's like where everything aligns and you become like, you know, the the best uh, version of yourself exporting, you know, stuff into the world. It's it's a very I interesting concept. That. And I, 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 other than mispronouncing it, you know, is it's uh, the whole thing was very instrumental in like leading me on figuring out my, my specific path. And I still don't feel like I'm exactly there yet, but you just kind of reminded me of that when you were talking about, you know, finding these things that converge and, and really finding your passion. And that sounds amazing. And you said you've been doing this for a year now. So how, how does it feel? <laughs> okay. It's been a process. Yeah. Like and by the way, this was not easy to no. understand. And it took me, first of all, a lot of therapy for years and like coaching and, and also going through my money coaching process because I also had my own patterns and emotions behind uh, the way I behaved with money, even though I was very good with it. I literally was working in accounting and finance yeah. and 
I still had a lot of anxiety and stress behind it, right? Um, Who doesn't? <laughs> like to this path, like I wanted to understand why my colleagues, why the people that I would hang out with that were so talented, so creative, so smart, including myself, <laughs> were struggling with this fundamental thing hmm. that is so tied to our survival, which is money. And um, my own journey of not understanding how to deal with this anxiety, stress, and all the things that I had to work on through my own money coaching process was what brought me to money coaching. And then I was able to create this idea. You know what? This is what creative people need. I've been seeing this so much. I would see people that would be amazing at finding grants and just producing this amazing project but then they would be left out with like zero dollars in their bank account or people that would just earn a lot of money in their salaries a year and they would just be full of debt or people that would just always create work amazing hard work for free all the time and we like it's it's very ingrained in the artist's mind that we have to do this. That's that's the way that a real artist behaves. Like you don't deal with money or things like that. And these are all misconceptions. Money is not supposed to be difficult. Obviously, there's going to be layers. It's the same as the complexity that you see in different types of art, right? Like the basics are simple, but then the more you go in depth with everything that you um, are interested in it gets more complicated, right? If you want to go in debt and finances, then you are going to be a finance expert. But we don't need to be finance experts to deal with money. So, well, 100%. And I, I like what you're saying, you know, as an artist, uh, you know, you grow up just making art for free anyways. And so when somebody's like, here's here's a penny for an hour of work, you're like, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> So what are, okay, you've mentioned a couple of misconceptions that, you know, the, the starving artist is a myth. Um, you know, when you take on a new client or or something, what are some of those things that you notice that are are really common misconceptions that, because uh, you you had your own, you know, like you, you watched your friends for years until you realized like, hey, I can help these people. So what are some of the things that like, for even me, like I should start framing differently when I take my finances or whatnot to get to. I don't even know what I'm asking. <laughs> what are some of the misconceptions I have that can change the way I handle my finances uh, to set myself up for a better financial situation in the future as an artist? Well, the first thing that I can think of um, is that we cannot solve what is fundamentally uh, an emotional and behavioral problem with a financial solution. We can, though, solve a financial problem if we deal with that behavioral and emotional and subconscious pattern, right? And what I find a lot in everyone, actually, when they're talking about money matters in general, is that our upbringings are all different, right? So we have different emotions, yeah. different um, learnings about money. So we cannot think that what works for my friend or for like everyone else will work for me if I feel different about it. 
right? Because like what your upbringing was, was completely different to mine. Like I literally come from a, a country where hyperinflation is 3000%. And that was traumatizing for me, <laughs> but, um, and many other things, the economy is super broken. And then I come here and like things seem to work, but then there's so much stress because you still have to work hard, right? Yeah. And some people were actually like, they grew up in a very wealthy family, but that didn't mean that they taught them how to use money. So they still feel different emotions around it. And there are so many barriers and actually thinking that you can deal with it properly. So, so what are, so what are some examples of you you've mentioned behavioral patterns that you know you you need to like look at and break. What are some examples of 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 that? Well, the main example is financial stress. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is basically um I recently learned that I'm at least for the um, based on uh, this survey that was done uh, this year, um, um, four in 10 Canadians suffer from financial stress because they say that money is one of the main sources of stress in their life. And one third of Canadians have mental experience mental health situations or challenges because of their financial Situation. I mean that makes that makes sense to me. Right? <laughs> I'm surprised it's, it's not everybody. <laughs> I know it's the most common thing. So how do we expect that if we're stressed about it, we're going to deal with it the right way? Yeah. Every time we are under stress, we make decisions that are not necessarily <laughs> right out of fear or anxiety versus uh uh you know out of I don't know the opposite of fear and anxiety. <laughs> Happiness happiness clarity yeah. um i don't know there's so many things like fulfillment yeah right you don't feel you have you feel like you have enough right so you're not stressed about it and actually this meaning of, of prosperity is that is the it can be also include you can include in prosperity like good health and happiness but it's pretty much related to the amount of material well-being that can say this is enough totally will free yourself from financial stress right and that's well, different for everyone of course well and health and you know happiness and all that is tied up in everything's tied up in money unfortunately so okay so um you work specifically with creatives and you're you're not you're not like giving strategies on like how to get more clients or like uh is it it depends right yeah. because I, I would i would have a client that is actually um struggling how to um understand what their work is worth hmm. or actually being confident that it's worth what it's worth yeah um i would have clients that are actually struggling in receiving money so they would say no all the time to people and like then they would have no money. Um, I would have uh, clients that would really need a strategy in their business. So what are the things that they are needing to focus on? And that's more like a, a business development side, right? Like mm. um, it depends on the client's need or the group needs because also sometimes uh, I coach groups. Um, but 
what's important is that we are all different and we all have different needs in terms of money. Yeah, it makes sense. And we're all just ragtag putting together our own strategies on how we should manage our money. So like, okay, so say, say I'm stressed about money right now, which let's say I am, I am, why not? I'm always stressed about money. Who is it? Where do, where do I even start? You know, I'm, I'm stressed about money. I'm working full time. Uh, you know, I have future goals. If it's like a house or a car or just like a, a vacation or something, where do, where do I start to like, you know, relieve some of that stress and, and uh, start working towards a better financial future? Like what, what is the first step that I should do when I'm like, I've been managing my own finances for my whole life. And now I'm like, something's not working. Where do I start? Well, you can start by um, signing up for a money coaching course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Perfect. <laughs> um, no, but apart from that, um, I feel it's very important to create awareness on what your patterns are, right? And for that, it's always very useful to look at your money history. Okay. So start, yeah, which is something that we never think about, right? Like, so like gather my credit card statements. Um, my no. debit, no? Understanding how, like what were your experiences with money since you were a kid? Hmm. So like for me, like I didn't grow up super wealthy. So like my allowance was coins that I would find on the street. So I was like very, very, very like frugal with the couple of dollars I'd have. And I would go and buy like penny candies and I would choose them like so specifically. So like that, like way back that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because that can determine the way you behave with money nowadays. And maybe you are very good with like keeping track of your um money in your bank account right because of that because you were okay i'm very specific on what i'm going to spend my money with right like these sort of things i value so this is where my money is going to go mm -hmm. right? which is also how everyone behaves it's like we use our money and the things that we value sometimes we don't really know what is it that we value and that's one thing that you realize when you start looking at your money history and at yourself and your patterns and like the things that you learn from school, from your parents, from the friends that you hang out with. And once you create awareness, you can name those things. And that's when you can change them, transform them, or just honor them because they have, they have been helping you. Because being picky with like what you did with your money actually helped you manage your money in a very structured way, or like, this is where I put my money in. Because I maybe fear that I won't have the ability to buy it at some point so i am going to be very um structured does this sound yeah uh, it does like the it makes sense to me to to really figure out <clears throat> you, <clears throat> excuse me you know what what are the the traits that formed your money spending habits which uh would lead to where you are or i am right now the apartment i'm in this part of the city i'm in the clothes i own you know i all ha i had to purchase these all at some point and you know, you can go back to your childhood for anything. <laughs> of course. So, so like step one is just like figure out why you are the way you are with your relationship with money. And and I'm assuming that's going to take a little bit of work, maybe talking to your family or like your partner or something and, and saying like, okay, you know, uh, here are my values when it comes to spending money, why I'm frugal in some areas, why I'm a uh, big, big spender in other areas, what I'm most stressed about, what I don't, what I 
not stressed about, et cetera, et cetera. So get like the landscape of like where you're at currently with where you've been. Well, it's kind of looking at the source of these things, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the talking needs to happen with ourselves. Like, and, and as a coach, I'm just there as a guide, right? Like, and I poke your brain, just say, okay, so where does this come from? But mostly for you to figure it out by like by yourself, because that's going to empower you too. Yeah. Once I know, I can do something about it, right? It's like once you learn how to use a new software, I know how to use it. I can do something with it. And I can promote, like I can make a better version of what I used to do. That makes sense. So it's the same. It's applicable. And we relate to money like if it was another human being, which is funny because like we we just put all of these emotions in money like if it it was alive. But money is just an object. It's, so are you saying to try to remove those emotions from money to treat it more like a like a just a process? Treated for its utilitarian value, hmm. which is the means. Right. And that's where a, a lot of um, creative professionals struggle with, because we are so intuitive and so in tune with our spiritual like connection and also our emotions, because that's how we create new things that we treat most things the same way. And imagine treating some object, object like that, that is so crucial to our survival. And that's a challenge because yeah. it's not there. We don't feel safe. <laughs> of course. So that's why, and, and especially in this moment, right, with, with the strike and everything, like the feeling of being safe was gone because we left it, we put it on an object that is the means to do things to allow us to live and create i mean yeah that makes total sense it's it's interesting to think about it in this way like um i'm wondering you know once you have once you have this kind of landscape and awareness of yourself and you have this conversation with yourself and and like what is the next step from there is it to identify like what's like say i understand why I, the source of things how do I go forward changing it and know I'm changing it in a a way that's setting me up for more financial success in the future? Especially because like, <clears throat> you know, as a freelancer uh, working contract to contract, part of my safety net is just uh, having a contract. It doesn't matter so much. Well, the money matters, but like, you know, knowing that I, I'm able to work for like the next six months and then being like, well, then I'm going to have to search for my next contract. The next contract might be three times as much pay or it might be three times less as much pay. So how do you like, I'm just wondering, once I'm aware of my patterns and, and sources, like, how do I how do I change for the future based on, you know, being a creative freelancer or if I work at a studio or whatnot, like everybody's, I guess, contract based. But what what is the next step to go forward? Okay, so I'm asking five million things. No, I lo I love it. Um, because first of all, th this is different every time. Like the questions that you have definitely can apply to many freelancers, but not all freelancers are struggling with the same thing. Right, of course. Um, but 
but in terms of what you're asking, um, I think the first thing is to have, to try to find structure, a structure that works for you, that you feel excited about, right? Like, it's not so much like, okay, my contract is going to be done, so I'm starting to get anxious because of it. I have to start looking for another. It's more, how do I have a system that makes me plan for the next contract mm -hmm. without feeling like I won't have it? Yeah. Because it's very difficult. It's like going and applying for jobs, right? Um, and that's going to give you the confidence Okay, I I know how to deal with what I can control, but which leads me to another thing, which is what we can't control is the outcome from other people, right? So because we can take control of our own decisions and our own process, we take care of that little by little. There are strategies, obviously, like once you understand your patterns and everything, these are challenging things to find out that you have. These are not like, yeah, it's so nice to deal with stress. No, tell that to my therapist for years. But <laughs> but the thing is, once you have seen it, okay, what are small, simple things that you can start doing to transform that, okay? And be also patient with yourself because it's not one day to the other that these things are going to change. Totally. I still have my own patterns that will come out every time I'm in a crisis or like something happens. And now I have the tools because I learned, okay, every time this pattern comes up because it's so ingrained in my life, in my brain and my core is always going to try to come out. So one of the things I do in my experience is, you know, accept it. It's like, I, I see you, I see your pattern. And I am acknowledging that you exist. I don't I don't say, no, no, I don't want to feel stress. I don't want to feel you right now. No, it's more, okay, I see you stress. I feel you. And what is it that you're trying to tell me? And how can I deal with it hmm. from my thinking brain, not my emotional brain? So so if I'm if I'm thinking about this correctly, for instance, like if I'm stressed about where my next contract is gonna be, how can I Except that that's just the scenario I'm in and saying, you know, it's just it's just my reality and then figuring out how I can create some sort of structure, no matter how small that I'm excited about, that will lead me to the next contract, for instance. How? No, I'm just asking, is this like, is it if I, if like, I'm just reiterating what you're saying, because. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, to confirm. Yes, I mean, this is one way. Yeah. Many there are many, how do you call it? How do you say this? Um, there are many paths that go to wrong. Basically. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to, I was thinking of a different one. There's many ways to what's gonna. I I'm trying know. to translate <laughs> it from Spanish, which is funny. Um, anyhow, it's, there are many ways to get to a destination. Yeah. Now, what is the best way for each one of us? Of course. We have to define that. And we have to understand what are the things that are important to us. Some people are not scared of not finding another contract, right? What are the other things that are actually keeping you from like being a good teammate or a good employee, you know, because people don't like when you are around them, but you are actually always having work because you're very talented. Okay. There are other areas, right? 
their other paths to go, okay, maybe I'm sabotaging this situation because of X, Y, Z, right? Right, right, right. It's very particular to each person. And as creatives, we all think so different too, because our mind just goes everywhere. It's the, our imagination is just like, yeah. And funny enough, everyone's creative. It's just about embracing that creativity. And how do I apply that to the things that I don't really like or I'm not interested in, AKA money management? <laughs> you know, I, I had I had a I had an idea that this chat was gonna go more the money management and like tips and stuff, like you know, uh like set, put away savings every month, invest in stocks, figure out ETFs, like uh how to like but it's it's gone the opposite it's like build a relationship with yourself uh which is at the core and root of all those other things which like you know you could say invest in stocks and people won't invest in stocks or they will and it'll go terribly or whatever so uh this is interesting to me but i'm glad you're finding it interesting because this is unknown realms honestly like yeah there's no like you said there's no like i grew up in the canadian education system and Besides one, uh, no, there was, I never, I didn't even take, it was an elective. Accounting was elective. I didn't, there's no financial uh, education throughout all of a required school. Um, well, even in my business degree, like, like, you know, economics, whatever, it's not, obviously it's not about your personal finances. It's more no, about like business finances, <laughs> but no, I tried I applied. I mean, I feel a little bit lucky because I applied a lot of those business practices myself and it worked out okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> you are one of the lucky ones. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I heard re uh, not recently, a while ago that some schools are incorporating like the basics of like how to use a credit card, how to, yeah. and, and that's so crucial because like how many people just like are handed a credit card with this high, like, credit limit and then... listen that's what the credit card companies want they oh, literally yeah. they hound you at the mall they walk around the grocery store saying you want to sign up for this new credit card yeah. like they want you to be in debt that's how they make money <laughs> i know and it's it's funny because credit cards is basically money that doesn't exist because right. the bank doesn't have it it's just like liquid money and and, and again it's I'm, I'm glad that it went this way right because i can tell you like how to deal with your money, right? Like many, many things that can make your life easier in terms of money at a practical level. Yeah. But that's not the main problem. That's just a symptom of the main issue. The real problem is all this underlying subconsciously driven patterns, behaviors, and emotions that are making us just spend all the money in that credit card and then be like that rich <laughs> and so, that's like a, a little bit of what i've been saying right everyone deals with it different totally. so once you understand okay these are the things i value these are the things that i want to work on because i know now that i am spending money too much in some things that i don't really need um how do i deal with that and how do i create a strategy around it and how do I, like, what do I do with the money that I'm not going to be spending anymore in these things that I don't need? Right? Right. Okay. Is it, is it your interest to actually invest in stocks? Is it to actually try to save money to have an asset, a property? Is it your interest to just have 
to just go traveling across the world or just like, I don't know, all, have kids. These are all things that need planning differently and they all cost money. <laughs> so I like if, if you really want to like know about stocks and TFSAs and how to invest your money for retirement as a creative right now, there like I can definitely say that, but if I start talking about the numbers side of what I do, first of all, it might be a very boring episode in your podcast. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> interested. <laughs> you know, I know you will, right? But we want to understand <clears throat> actually want to learn about it. Yeah. You, you've mentioned a couple uh, of times uh, things that I think apply to a lot of people like myself or freelancers or even people that basically every creative, you know, yourself worth and how much to charge because like a lot of creative professionals are maybe not living the starving artist life but they're living this hustle life to try to always you know keep up and keep going and looking for work and it's the the animation industry is not the most lucrative industry either if you're looking to you know (laughs) really become uh wealthy so how what are some of those uh, conversations you have with people about how they can value themselves more see or seek out you know higher paying uh work or even i don't know uh their etc okay uh first uh, i want to point out that you mentioned that the animation in- industry in general doesn't feel like such a lucrative um business that's not true well i mean I, comparatively to general- like the yeah. amount of money that I see people earn, it's impressive. It's in comparison to even like accounting professionals. It's like, wow, like you are earning this amount of money a year making what you love. That is freaking awesome, first of all. And <laughs> second of all, um, it's more about how we manage that amount of money that we're receiving. It's like, you can be earning very little, but if you don't need much, that's enough, right? Like, but it depends on how you're dealing with that. If you're earning, like I I, I can't imagine cases of people that are earning at least 200,000 a year and they're just spending the money in so much that they don't have money left and they're just paying the credit card, paying, the lease, the car lease, paying the mortgage, paying yeah. this, and that. And that's overwhelming. And you're earning a lot of money in comparison to a lot of animators, right? But you're still an animator. And you, what are you doing with that, right? So um, going back to what you asked, um, we have to understand ourselves. What is it that we want to do be confident about it and that's going to present itself when you're negotiating your salary when you're negotiating how much you're going to receive for this work that you're going to be giving this client and the clients feel this they know when they are talking to a talented animator and they also know when the animator doesn't know their worth and they can pay them less or more. So it's more about having confidence in... Yes. And for that, we have to figure out how to have confidence in our money management. Right. And 
for that, we have to understand all of other things that I keep, like I was talking about, because that's what's keeping us from being confident about it. If I go there, you know what? This is how much this person, like this, uh, this is how much they're charging in this industry at this level in this type of work. So I know this for a fact, this is how much I can offer you with confidence. And that person's gonna know. Oh, okay, they know what they're talking about and they truly believe in what they're gonna give us. It's gonna be a good product. We want that. And that applies to any job for any person in any industry. That's how a lot of people negotiate their salaries. You have to be confident. But how do we feel confident if we're still feeling fear, stress, and anxiety, and we don't know how to deal with it? Yeah, because if you're stressed, you might just take a job for much lower because you just want to get it versus if you reframed your thinking around it and valued yourself much more, you could get that same job for much higher because you came at it at a different angle. I mean, it, ma it makes sense to, to keep going back to, you know, the source of, because you know, you run across a lot of people and some people you're like, how, how does this person always end up with uh, top paying, crazy big clients, et cetera. And this person who's equally or more so talented is just kind of running the mill, uh, you know, lower end clients. Like, and, and you're saying it comes back to like, you know, how you, your behaviors and traits and your habits and the source of how you think about confidence and, and money and all these things to, pursue the different types of of things yeah does that <laughs> sound familiar to you do you feel like that's i mean yeah yeah for sure for sure so okay so uh if somebody's listening they can start right now by uh at least at least understanding the steps which is like step one is analyze the source Step two is like figure out. I'm just and correct me okay. if I'm wrong. Let me, I'm just let trying me tell to, you the steps. Yeah, tell me the steps. Tell me the pathway. So the pathway is first identify. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, let's look at it at a, as a map. So we have a map. Where are what are the the pathways that we've been traveling so far? Yeah. Okay. Where are we coming from? Once we identify, okay, this is where we come from now where is it that i want to go but to go there you have to do first identify that source right second understand it and do it like be pretty much be patient with yourself <laughs> and that this is a process mm -hmm. of dealing with different things okay that you have never dealt with before. Yeah. It's so effective. Once you can name something, you can change it. It's a fact. Um, then after that, you can strategize. That's step three. Okay, I know this. This is what I identify. Okay, I understand it because this is what it means. Oh, because I used to um, spend the money, like the coins that I used to find on the street and candy. This is why I am doing this nowadays, let's say, okay? Usually you see that pattern. Then strategize that, how can I make that work for me? And those things that aren't working, 
how can I transform them so they can work for me? Okay. And after that, step four, you start thinking of ways to create new paths. So, okay, now that I know that I can deal with this whenever it comes up. Yeah. This way. Now I can take myself to this other destination. Let's say the goal is just like travel to Europe. Okay. And then I want to save money to go to Europe. I For that, I have to generate income. For that, I have to be mindful of where I send my money after I receive that income. And I can then start a saving savings fund for my trip. And once I'm ready, I can buy that ticket. I can plan to go there and I can actually do all the things that I wanted to do in Europe. <laughs> and I'm going to feel super confident and accomplished because I managed to do this step-by-step -step process. Gotcha. I went to Europe. <laughs> yeah. That's a simple example, right? But there are many other things that I, that we would like. Before I started my own money coaching practice, I, sorry, my own money coaching journey, I really didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know that I had the potential to help other people to deal with it because I didn't really acknowledge it. But once I saw all the things that, oh, this is how I've been dealing with money. I'm actually good at it. I understand it. Oh, I'm confident about it now, you know? Okay, and the moments when I don't feel confident, I'm also okay. I try to understand it from my thinking brain and accept it. And it's a very challenging process sometimes, but now I have the tools to deal with it. Right. Work for it. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, when you're, you know, in the last phase, when you're creating structure and, and budgeting and whatnot, what are some of the tools that you find really helpful and resources to use? um to to do that effectively well <laughs> that um can vary yeah but i always encourage people to do one exercise um which is kind of like a grand scale imagining exercise and is um asking like yourself if you were to win the lottery, what would you do with that money? And first of all, how much would that ticket be for? I, I ask myself this all the time for many years. And the, all, the answer is always, especially since I went into animation, it was just put it into savings. I'd still do what I do. <laughs> Maybe I'd buy a house, but... Uh uh otherwise yeah no i think that's a really good question because it really it really brings out what you're insecure about and what you would change and and i always thought if my answer to that was like drastically different than what i'm doing now which is also why i quit business and got into animation then i should just do that thing that if i won the lottery that i would start doing which is get into animation so i think i think that's i think it's a very interesting question and it's really hard that. to take seriously too because like you know it takes a lot of deep thinking to really understand what your core values are and how they're being met and not being met in in your current situation um yeah i like that it's <laughs> every time i do it i see myself changing yeah. and the 
new goals and the value of that ticket? <laughs> well, the value but, of the ticket is infinite. So <laughs> that's such, such an objective process. I've done this exercise with different clients and in my own personal life, I've talked about it with friends and everyone's ticket is different. Hmm. Like you're the first, not the first one, that's not true, but you're one of those that says that it's infinite. I Well, I, I realized that a long time ago because I wasn't happy with whatever number it was. 300 million? No, <laughs> that's <made it> <laughs> bigger. <laughs> a billion? That says a lot about you, right? That says, okay, he's ambitious. And, you know, he wants to go infinite to many places to like, there's no limits, which is amazing. That's like the, one of the sources of freedom, right? There's no limits. Yeah, but, I, I guess what it taught me is I'm not I'm not really working towards any anything other than just to be in the moment, if that makes sense, like with my career, which you know, it doesn't always work out. And sometimes I don't feel in the moment and then stress comes, but that's, that's what I learned for myself. And I feel like I've been fortunate enough to, to have, you know, I'm still fresh in my career. It's only been a couple of years, uh, but I, I will see, maybe we'll have this chat in a couple of years and see where I, <laughs> I'll be like, you know what, a hundred thousand lottery ticket would be great right now. <laughs> oh, it's funny because the first time I actually did that exercise, I was just limiting myself so much. Yeah. Also, the the real death of that exercise is to describe the step by step or all the things that you're gonna do with that. Not just okay, I'll send it here. Like I even included like at, at the last few times I include okay, this money will go to taxes because when you earn the lottery, you have to pay like fifty percent of it to. Not in Canada. That's <laughs> in Canada. You get to keep it all. I think you have to pay. It's in the U.S. You pay fifty percent. I'm pretty sure. No, we have to Google it. Anyhow, <laughs> do you pay taxes on lottery winnings in Canada? Nope. Nice. You there don't. You yeah. So if you win in the U.S., sucks to be you. But if you win in Canada, <laughs> tax yeah, and also to really? ask yourself okay. if money was your best friend yeah your lover how would you describe your relationship with me oh gosh that's a tough one you want and me to try to do that or are you just speaking hypothetically do you want to do you can if you want to disclose that I, like you can use keywords too that's like amazing to me oh goodness i i don't even know where to start with that maybe <laughs> if <laughs> if money was my best friend uh uh i would probably check in on them every day <laughs> we'd have a we'd have a we'd have an ongoing conversation and uh we would we would um probably eat dinner at home a lot but then once a year we'd go on a big extravagant fun fun trip somewhere i guess if that makes sense <laughs> like i just went to japan <laughs> last month <laughs> Do you ever, like, and it's funny, like, to me, and especially in, like, the first time that I actually look at money that way, I had such a love and hate relationship with money. And that I find a lot, like, in creative people. Because, you know, it's this, like, money is the source of evil. 
like money is just i mean yeah you you want to create and you want to change the world but you need you need money (laughs) i know but the thing is we put that weight on money yeah and money has no fault like money didn't do anything like money is neutral is the people that use it and how in our choices with money that make us change the world for better or for worse and ultimately the relationship that we have with it is going to define that if i treat my best friend aka money the wrong way and i'm very mean to it and i don't like it obviously money is not going to want to stay why I don't want to be with this toxic friend that's mistreating me and doesn't like me and don't want me around because I'm supposed to be evil. I want to be accepted by my friend, right? So how do we change that perception? And how do we heal that relationship with money? Hmm. So we can actually create and have it always by your side. <laughs> I love that this chat is all about, you know, how, <clears throat> how you have a relationship with money, the source of how, you know, your behaviors, et cetera. It's like I said before, it's very different than I expected it to go, which is, which is very interesting to me. (laughs) So, okay. So uh, why do you specifically work with creatives? I know that you, you know, you're creative yourself, but, um, and and I'm assuming there's some synergies in how you have treated your career and, and you're familiar with the creatives and whatnot, but what is it specifically about creatives and money that's, that's, uh, works for you? Um, well, you said some parts of it, (laughs) but also because that's like my, that's where I find joy to people that think alike. Um, there's nothing more fulfilling that feeling identified with other people when you feel like you don't belong in a whole white world. Um, and creatives really deal with that a lot because we want to create unique things. Um, but I focus on creatives because um, I saw that opportunity and the challenges in creative people while working in the creative economy. I've been in different creative fields since I was like 16. Started in performing arts and then I like I was a makeup artist for a long time. I did special effects. I was in film. I like I danced I taught dancing I was in theater I did all of these things and I saw that pattern and that's where I want to make my difference right in the world I want like it is my purpose to empower creative people in their financial matters like to feel prosperous that we can create and still make a living from it especially because while I was growing up and this is something that a lot of people have to deal with this are misconceptions right like but my like my parents would tell me like especially my mom would say to other people not even to me that I wasn't going to make a living by being an artist or a dancer or anything and I that was like that's crushing I know it sucks because that was what I wanted to do so that's even why I went to school for economics because yeah. I was having this perception that I had to make money to be successful in life. And then when I started seeing, oh, you know what? This 
it's not necessarily the path for me. I can still be creative and make money and feel very happy about it. I want that to happen to people yeah. and be confident about it. And I know this is possible. Look at all the people that have succeeded in this. And like we met a taffy, right? At this ind- uh, at the industry conference, right? The, um, that time. And it was so fulfilling to see all these people just like looking at animation and working animation, which like for my parents, that's like, oh, super boring. They don't even know what that means, you know? Right. And that's how we make a difference in the world. And I want to make a difference in this specific realm of the world because we are struggling and with our financial. People are mistreated because of that, because of this unfounded um, beliefs in society. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think your experience is very similar to a lot of people. There's so much fear around getting into an artistic career and, and, you know, finding your worth in that, that it's, it's almost like so many of us enter and we're already like, we already have so much work to do to change the mindset, even though we already entered the industry. Like what you said, you know, I talked to tons of people and myself included, like didn't believe in an artistic career and we're just happy to be in it now but uh changing that whole mindset to say no you can you can be super successful doing this and to to surround your people with surround yourself with people who are su- super successful doing it as well yeah so i'm i'm very happy for you this i'm you know it, it sounds like it sounds tough <laughs> you know <laughs> growing up when when you know you hear things your parents are saying that are going against what you you believe in and then even you know getting into the industry and changing countries a couple times to pursue what you want and it's you know i'm super happy you found this path after all this time it, it takes a lot of work yeah it also it's still like part of my process was kind of like to prove them wrong <laughs> i mean that's one motivation it worked but you know it still is a challenge every day and that's why I keep transforming myself and finding all these opportunities because it's only when we're challenged that we grow and yeah you really I feel like you really put yourself out there when you you know to like start this coaching business and coming to Taffy and making new connections it's it's like we were talking about this before the podcast or you know it's not just like sitting at home and wishing things were different it's it takes effort and energy to change your own habits and and to something new and i mean you know we could talk about finances but that that relates to everything you do in life <laughs> it does and we're technically talking about finances right because it's yeah. like as i mentioned like a lot of the people that are actually doing great in their finances they have a confidence in what they're talking about and they have had the initiative to look into it learn about it and it's the same way as what like and i'm probably assuming stuff but whenever you want to improve in your art you probably research and learn new things right so that's the same process but we are we're naturally curious about certain things right how do we make ourselves curious about the things that are not so appealing, right? Yeah. And that's also 
part of like how I ended up in this industry is the way you talk about these things to creative people shouldn't be the corporate way necessarily because it's boring <laughs> it is and it's like even if you just like just change a spreadsheet and add some color to it it makes it a little bit more fun and people are more curious about seeing how the graphics work you know but if you're just using like the same language as people that are used to talk about it then you're not going to get people curious about what you're talking about and people are going to keep doing the same thing totally. because they don't care about what you yeah it's like art artistic people i feel like naturally shy away from from math <laughs> which is a lot of finances so it's like how can you how can so how can you naturally make yourself more curious to learn and be excited about uh your financial situation when you i feel like a lot of people kind of just sweep it under the rug and you know it is what it is so it it is different for everyone and i keep yeah, saying of course i am like saying the same thing but what because what you find attractive might not be the same thing that I find attractive right but those things that are attracting my mind are the things that I have to um blend with the things that I'm not like interested in right like there are many resources online videos in YouTube with animated versions of how like money works but because we don't have the initiative to actually Google how this money work, we don't find them. Yeah. But the algorithm works amazingly nowadays. So it will show you some animated version of what you actually need to learn because you've been looking, you've been watching all of these other videos that are actually like that. You know what I mean? The resources are there. Like I am one resource, right? But if we don't look it up because we're not having that initiative, we're never going to be finding the right uh, way of learning about it. Um, I also feel like there's a lack of fun resources, but it's more about learning the basics. Totally. You feel confident. I like what you said about just researching it because you're right. That Like, you know, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, the algorithm, as soon as you, if I research like, uh, I don't know how to fix my lock on my door. Suddenly, like YouTube has recommended me like a hundred different videos on locks, and like I go into Instagram and like whatever. So yeah, if you just simply research it, even if you find boring stuff, maybe it's going to start appearing in your algorithm. That makes that makes sense. In fact, uh, I if I I don't know if you go on Reddit, but like you can you can like subscribe to different subreddits, and so like I go on Reddit every single day. So I just put some like uh, like entrepreneur, our entrepreneur and like our finances or whatever in my subreddit subscription. So they just naturally come up uh, as I'm scrolling anyways. And then, you know, if I see something interesting, I'll start reading it. And then 10 minutes later, I found somebody's interesting story about how they, you know, started a side business or how they manage their finances differently or like whatever. So, yeah, I think that's a really just... <laughs> Let the algorithms do their thing. <laughs> I've never heard that advice, but I it mean, makes sense. Also, you know, you have to understand what are the things that you need to learn. Yeah. And the first thing is, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of creative minds default to I'm not good at math. 
just changing that language. Everyone has the capacity to learn at least the basics of these things, especially yeah. creators, because there are some of the smartest people in this world. We constantly create, which a lot of people are shying away from creating anything, but it's creation that they created the algorithm, right? <laughs> so if we change that language and say, you know, yeah, I was bad at math, but I want to be better at math so I can deal with my money better, that's going to make a difference. But we have to believe that we have the capacity because we all do. Yeah. Money is simple. Money comes in, money comes out, money left over, what do I do with it? Well, taxes. <laughs> well, that's when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's when it comes out. You know, like that's the, it is simple. It's it can be complex, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We do that, but that's the basics of it. Okay. Now, if all our like, money, yeah. I feel like I'm getting a pretty good picture. So like, so, okay, just to, just to recap, step one um, is figure out the source, your behaviors, et cetera, uh, analyze it, um, then uh, come up with, well, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. Come up with your goals, <laughs> your goals. What, uh, what is That's the third one? Oh, I'm missing something. Figure out, analyze. Understanding. Understanding. Yeah, yeah. First, identify. Identify. Second, understanding then like the learning process yeah right. okay this is a topic that i have to read about i read about it. <laughs> i understand it right sometimes we read and we are not understanding what is it that we're reading yeah. but in this case you have to read and understand it, right in this case then third step is um create like understanding what are the things that you want okay so goal setting or like transforming paths yeah okay. the third one is this strategy right sorry fourth. budgeting and strategy and structure yeah we're on four now identifying understanding then goal setting and and transformation process yeah and setting strategies okay yeah makes sense and and within that uh you know figure out what makes you curious for learning uh maybe maybe get in touch with a, a money coach yeah well victoria <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> do we do we do we cover everything you know like speaking of like you know how creatives handle their finances and set themselves up for financial success and whatnot have we covered kind of the basics i guess everything here or is it um, we are we still missing something i know we're missing a billion things well like this can go for many podcast episodes but um it's more about i think what i want to leave here is we ha we have to understand what is it that we value in order to work for it right? yeah. to find a way to it and let's say that okay value and mission right? that's why i'm doing i like going in a career for animation right and then what's the path for me? How do I strategize to make it work for me and monetize it and make me feel prosperous about it? So learning what is it that you value goes back to identifying, understanding. And gotcha, gotcha. I mean, 
it all makes sense. It, it's it's an interesting for me. It's it's like opening some doors in my mind of like how I can think about things specifically differently. What specifically stuck with me is like, yeah, I have stress about what I'm gonna do when this con that I'm working on when this contract is up because I don't I don't have a plan in place. But like, how can I reframe that to be more excited about the process that I'm in because I've chosen this career path that's going to stick with me for years. I don't want to always be stressed out. So it's more, but for me, like I'm going to take away, like, how can I, how can I be more excited about creating a structure that, you know, gets rid of that stress and anxiety and, you know, builds better and bigger opportunities for me that I maybe didn't think about or something. So. Yeah. And once we start doing these things, it's or actually not once, but like the idea is for us to feel safe talking about money. Yeah, it's tough to be honest about money. It is, unless you're doing great. And usually pe even people that are doing Even great, people that are doing great, they're the most stressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is an opportunity. And that's kind of like the focus of what I do too, is providing that safe space. Yeah. You know, you feel comfortable about talking with about your struggles and about the things that are good and happening to you that are good around money. Yeah. Like actually earning this amount of money doing animation. I, I don't really know what to do with it. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but there is not a space like that. And I want to encourage people to talk more with their mm -hmm. pals, with like, you know, family members, with everyone. Money is such a taboo topic. Yeah. And that is why I created the money awareness path pathway is because I want to create that safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and it's and more, right? Like, I have so many ideas right now of, that I'm gonna be developing that it's just like, okay, I want people to actually feel empowered. So what do I how do I open more spaces for people to feel that they can talk about money? Totally. Speaking of more spaces that you're going to be opening, you're starting a podcast. <laughs> well, we are currently in pre-production stages uh, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Because that's kind of like um, one of those spaces, right? Like you mentioned. And um, I hope I can release uh, the podcast sometime before the end of the year. But if not, it's going to be next year. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm actually, I forgot to mention to you, but I'm, um, and I'm going to be doing some like uh, advertising, <laughs> but like before, and this is obviously, this is an episode that's going to be last, uh, sitting here, but I'm having a promotion for, um, Thanksgiving or oh. not Thanksgiving, Black Friday. So Black you Friday. can go to my website and learn more. Um, but I also want to open um money circle which is where group of people are actually talking about money not because oh, there are different paths so you can do one-on-one -on -one, but also uh you can do group coaching so it's a circle where we talk about money right interesting things we learn that everyone's struggling with different things but the same <laughs> and we can connect and create that space and work on the things that we need to work and go through those step-by-step -step, uh processes wow it sounds like you're really busy <laughs> well <laughs> i want to think about it that way i'm doing yeah. a lot for what i love 
got you. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, busy is busy is a negative connotation for it. Well, well, Victoria, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You know, it's been a pleasure chatting all about money. I, I think this is a great conversation to have, especially in the creative field. And hopefully, you know, listeners, myself included, uh, can really take away, you know, maybe reframing mindset about how I've been treating and we've been treating money and and uh the the like path the four, five step five steps was it five steps four, four step <laughs> the four step pathway i'm gonna have to re-listen to this again afterwards to get really get it down uh is is i think is, is a great tool so thank you so much and also you know uh if people are listening they can they can look out for your podcast so thanks for coming on thank you so much Harry. Of course. And and if you are listening uh, and you want to, you know, get in touch with Victoria, I'm going to include uh, her website, which is the map.ca, her LinkedIn and her Instagram. And of course, uh, check out that Black Friday, that Black Friday deal and her, <laughs> uh, and her group and individual sessions. So that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. OK, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.